podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Hey, we are canceling the apocalypse! dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? What is happening to me? The answer is out there, Neo. It's the question that drives us. What is the Matrix? The Matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? They're watching you, Neo. Human beings are a disease. You are a cancer of this planet. And we are the cure. Get me the hell out of here! Welcome to the real world. So you're here to save the world. So what do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. No one has ever done anything like this. That's why it's going to work. Buckle your seatbelt, Dorothy. Because Kansas is going bye-bye. podcast from Parts Unknown, a strange journey through the depths of Netflix. It's Anthony Lewis and Glenn Bovane. We're back to talk another random Netflix movie, uh, this time the 1999 science fiction action film The Matrix, a little a little film called The Matrix. Uh, got a little bit of buzz. Uh, they may have made a second or third movie. We will not be talking about them today. A couple of video games. A couple of video games, some anime, uh, 
Yeah, there's a there's a thing or two about uh, this whole Matrix, this whole Matrix thing. Although it didn't start as that. Uh, although you know what, I don't know. Watching this, I'm wondering if there. I mean, there couldn't have been plans when they made this originally for more than just the one, right? No, they they. I want to say they wrote all three scripts at the same time. So oh, so they did have a, ideas. Yeah, they had a plan for a trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, we'll probably go more in depth, but to me, like rewatching this. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, you can I still see love the movie. It's can, awesome. Yeah, and you can but, see some of the setups. Yeah, but you can see where um, their ideas for the intellectual and philosophy uh, they 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 can run pretty thin <laughs> from time to time. Oh, especially in this, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, okay, yeah, th- this should have just been a one movie because mm-hmm. them as filmmakers, the questions that they wanted to ask, they. I don't think they did as good as a job asking those questions later on. Yeah. So, uh, for those of you who have not seen this movie, and there's maybe like five of you who haven't, but uh, it is about Keanu Reeves' character, Thomas Anderson, who is a hacker named Neo, who finds out the truth about existence, which is that he and every other human thinks it's 1999, but it is really closer to 2199 they are living in a computer simulation and they were created and grown by uh robots artificial intelligence uh that had taken over the earth there is a small band of resistance human fighters that are trying to overthrow them and uh morpheus played by lawrence fishburne has sought out and recruited neo because he believes that he is the one to help them defeat uh, these these robots, and of course, by the end of the movie, he is uh, he is in fact the one, and uh, it is a journey uh, kind of unlike anything that anybody'd really sort of seen up until that point. And the trailers did not. I gotta like it's commendable, I think, that they presented this new intellectual property and didn't tell anybody anything about it going into it. Really, um there was very little description or um, information, I think about the matrix when it came out. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was always the story. People sort of just discovered it uh, who took a chance on going to see it. And then there was a lot of word of mouth afterwards. I mean, uh, it was a huge hit. It was huge. Yeah. And, and, and Warner brothers to their credit took a huge risk because mm-hmm. this was an R rated film with a relatively high budget. Yep. Um, again, like you said, no previous IP, you mm-hmm. know, it's its own thing. Yeah. Um, definitely influences from stuff, but it's its own IP. Yeah. Um, with Keanu Reeves, who wasn't as big of a star. I mean, it had been a few years since speed, like he had made some blunders in between now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Sorry. Fishburne was that guy from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, well, I mean, boys in the hood. Boys in the hood. Yeah. I mean, a little yeah. thing called boys in the hood, but <laughs> I mean, they're, 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 you know, uh, King of New York. I mean, there yeah, are, yeah. yeah. He was, he was a, not 14 year old in apocalypse now. He was not unknown. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, this, I think this sort of caught people off guard a little bit. I, Maybe this is maybe this is a bridge too far, Glenn. You tell me to to rein it in, but I feel like this is uh, like of Star Wars importance 
to the, I like, I feel like the matrix really changed the movie business in a lot of ways. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just like with star Wars, mm-hmm. it's very innovative and a lot. I mean, yes, it's borrowing from previous stuff, but yes. something that made it more mainstream and tangible for others. Yeah. It did things um, that people hadn't really seen before. It did. Yeah. You know, we, you know, the whole thing with how they did the cameras, I mean, that had never been done before. Yep. Um, now you see it all the time. So much smoother. Bullet with digital time. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it oh, looks that that's the stuff to me that looks the worst is the bullet time the innovations yeah. with the bullet time. Yeah. But remember at the time, you know, Oh, it was it, mind blowing. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Um, you know, it's certain aspects you can see that, um, you know, now knowing what we know now about, uh, I think they just call themselves the Wachowskis now. Yeah, the Wachowskis. Uh, the Wachowski siblings, I think is what they used to go by, but I think it's just the Wachowskis. Yeah. Um, you know, you can see certain influences on how they're somewhat playing with some non-binary things. Oh, yeah. Um, LGBTQ, of course, mm-hmm. you know, especially more so in the second and third one, really. Oh, like, like a ton, um, yeah, like way into like the club and like S&M type scenes and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and you well. got the bad guy who's, or not really bad guy, but the programmer who's French, so obviously, you know, of course, connotations that go with that. <laughs> uh, I can say these stereotypes, so, you yes. know, it's, don't cancel it. Um, boomers agrees. I was going to say, Boomers um, is canceling you. Watch out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Watch what you say so, about yeah. the French. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, they are his mortal enemies. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry, when I got off track, but no, it's um, you know, it is in a you know for 1999 purposes, like you said, it is like in the, in a way, I felt like this was my generation Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many quotes to come out of it. Tons, I mean, yeah. And that's why I kind of, you know, wanted to, I mean, I'm sure we'll say, so, but there's just, there's terms, there's things, you know, we use every day in our vernacular. I mean, it's. Yep. Yep. There are as many things that are said in it as there are Star Wars and like, but not just that. I mean, the technical things that it improved upon, just like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it, I, I think you're right. I think it is, it is just as just as much as star wars yeah which is why it's getting revived just like star wars does it can't die <laughs> no and uh you know what a lot of the visuals really do hold up for a movie that is whoo uh more than 20 years old now yeah uh the visuals really do hold up like there's some stuff that uh like when you like some of the real close-ups on the squiddies and some things like that where yeah, the text like- the texture looks a little plasticky now but the movements of them still look very good mm-hmm. um, yeah. there's a lot of that stuff that still looks tremendous but you get up uh, close to the give, getting rid of his mouth looks better than Henry Cavill's rubber face in Justice League ridiculous right <laughs> yeah and very unnerving, yeah, when they get rid of Mr. Anderson's mouth. And even the bug that they put on him, like, even that doesn't look too terribly... No, no. Um, uh, all of the, the wire work looks pretty good still. And, uh, you know, the only thing that really sticks out now is the bullet time. Like, we've seen it done so much smoother that watching the original, yeah. you can you can almost feel now it moving from camera to camera to camera to camera to camera. 
Yeah. Uh, just because we've seen it so smooth. Yeah, we've done, you know, variations of it now with like the slowdown speed ups to, yeah. you know. Like the, the sound waves of the bullets, uh, you know, the, the waves they create look a little more like plastic bubbles than I think. <laughs> yeah. They might yeah. do something a little bit different now. It looks a little too... Uh, that doesn't hold up super well, but so much of it does though. And the, so a lot of this is very ageless as well. The, like the stylized violence in this Americans love their stylized violence to this day. Like that you could release a movie with this exact shit in it today. And it would look, it would fit in fine. People Uh, still talk about rage against the machine. Oh, calm like a bomb at the uh, during the is that what the song is at the end? I think that's what the song is at. The yeah, end. I think it's what it is. But yeah, in the credits. I mean, that to me was that's what stuck out the most was the the music that makes you feel like a badass. Like yes. it's just yeah. I mean, yep. Uh, yeah, I hear Rob Zombie and just stuff like that. Like that's the stuff where it's <laughs> Dracula. Yes, really dates itself. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, you could say the cell phones, whatever, but even like yeah. some of the stuff you could explain because if the the whole idea is that it's stuck in 1999, um, but the music is where you're like, yeah, they definitely made this movie in 1999. <laughs> yes. There's Manson in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember the sound. Uh, like at the time, I'm like, this is the best soundtrack of all time. <laughs> it's like Rammstein. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. I was like... <laughs> Fuck yeah, this is the most metal movie of all time. Yeah. Oh, and everyone thinks that black leather's the fucking shit, and then you realize that black <laughs> leather like squeaks so much. It's oh hot, my it's tight. Yeah. Like- Somebody needs to do the uh have you ever seen the uh the clip of Star Wars like the end of a new hope where they remove all of the sound? Because at the end there's no dialogue, oh, it's yeah. just music. Yeah, you yeah. seen that? I need that with the Matrix, where it's like the fight scenes and you just hear rubber like. Eh, eh, eh. Well, I know behind the scenes, uh, I saw stuff like they show. I want to say, you know, because the first time I ever watched this was on video, and this yeah. was like the first time ever on a VHS that I that something at the end of the movie came with special features. Yeah. Um, at the end of the movie, you could fast forward the tape and you could watch the special features. That's the first time I've ever seen that on anything. That's pretty rare. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on tape. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, watching that, that they, yeah, I think it's like a two second thing, you know, it's not very long, but they do kind of talk about like the leather and the squeaking. And it may have been more so for the second and third one commentary. There was so much um, more in the, in those movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I know, I know that they had kind of made the comment about how, yeah, it looks cool, but like when they're in it all day, it's a, I know Carrie Ann Moss talked about how much of a pain it was to to wear all that leather. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the things that always stick out the most to me in this movie are the fight scenes and the fight choreography, which is just ridiculously fun. And it's even more fun to go watch the special features of this, to literally watch all of these people, do this shit for real. Like, and that was especially yeah. like Keanu Reeves thing is like, I want to do, I want to do all of this stuff. Like I want it to be you me. Do you see uh, Chad Selowski's face though, in the movie, you see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever uh, they do the bullets, whenever him and Smith are fighting in the air and they're shooting the guns, yeah. when they fall, you definitely see, see his the face. Stuntman yeah. face. Yeah. You know, the guy who directed John Wick movies that people aren't familiar. Oh, also amazing movies. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, and he's doing the, 
Matrix movies. That's right. The the new supposedly ones that we'll maybe get yeah. if movies ever come back. Eyes, I don't think they're necessarily doing the script, but I know they are involved. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is just the the hand to hand stuff. I think is so good. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just it's just so cool, uh, and the way they mixed. Uh, you know, they were a big fan of what the Wachowskis were. You know, in the commentaries and everything, they say that they were big fans of anime and uh, like kung fu movies, martial arts films and stuff. And they just mixed all of that with sci-fi and robots and everything else. And it's just... Westerns. Western, yeah. It's just a really cool movie that really holds up well over time. There's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I don't know. you You sent me a list of things that you wanted to maybe try to go over. So, well, I mean, it was just oh, it's just like a little structured. That was that wasn't anything. I mean, I got to know what your I got to know what your favorite line is because mine might be a weird one. Um, because yeah, mine mine is a line I use uh in surprising frequency, but I'd re- I, I want to know what your favorite line is. My favorite line, um, man, there's so many of them. Yeah. I think my favorite. I like a lot of Cipher's lines, but I think my favorite one is the one with this when he's talking about the steak. It's like I know oh, the yeah. Matrix is telling me it's juicy, and but you know it's just that he just ends it with ignorance is bliss. Like that's yes. what I figured out, and yes. I mean that's probably my favorite thing because um, I like Cipher a lot. Um, yeah, because- Joe Pantaleone, uh, his yeah, he's a great performer in this, and a great yeah, performer. it's you know it's. Yes, he is wrong. He is somewhat one of the bad guys. Mm-hmm. But I compl- if I'm not saying if I was in his circumstance, I'd do the same thing. I probably yeah. wouldn't. But I completely understand everything of where the guy is coming from. Yeah, like, I mean, he lives in a shit reality. <laughs> yeah, you know, following this guy who may or may not be completely aware of what he needs to be looking for. Yeah. Um, you know, and just doing it for nine years, like you said, just eating this goop all day ratty ass clothes constantly on the run (laughs) from robots trying to kill you yeah or you can just live in this this perfect world and you're told that it's it's not as important it's not real you know or the whole movie again what what morpheus even you know it's actually very with neo all the time is what makes this real you know yeah. Everything you're seeing is here is experience. Your body is going to have repercussions from it. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, it's like you could see where Cypher is like, well, yeah, then you're right. Then who, what does it matter then? Yeah. You know, like. So what we're, what we're told then, uh, I would imagine then Glenn is re- a lot of Republicans view. <laughs> they definitely view Cypher as the bad guy because he wants the blue pill. Right. He wants well, to, uh, he wants to, he wants to stay asleep to the deep state, apparently. Well, it, you know, it's funny because this movie gets politicized a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for good, and I, I really think poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I would say mostly poorly, but yeah. Because it doesn't, it doesn't matter what side you're on. Um the movie doesn't necessarily contradict itself, but it does always question itself. Right. Yep. So I feel like if you're on one side or the other of the aisle and you're trying to claim as this is what it's saying, like I could show you a scene five minutes later. Well, it completely contradicts yes. um, what it presented before. Yep. So it's like, you know, if anything, like 
yes, the whole sheeple thing that's been taken, um, you know, but it's like, take the red pill, but even to a certain extent, um, take the red pill could be something you'd say on the left, wake up from this reality of, of bliss. It's not, this isn't what the real world is. Yeah. It's, you know, the banks are destroying us and, you know, everyone has their, everyone has their enemies. Just some people think it's lizard people and some think that it's, you know, systematic uh, problems that have been created for decades. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) you know, it's, but no, like I said, that's why rewatching it this time, you know, I've seen it so many times that it's just, I don't really, I'm just paying attention to like, Mm -hmm the outside influences that we have with it now, you know, what, you know, essentially what death of the author is, you know, and yeah, it's just uh, people, I think people read a little too much into the movie because in the end it's just a, a movie. Yes, yeah. it does ask a lot of philosophical questions, uh, but it asks, it doesn't necessarily give you the answers. Yeah. And so and some people take those, those questions to be as answers. the answers. Yes. They, they're, yes. They're playing the game of Jeopardy wrong. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. Um, my favorite line from the movie is Cypher related, uh, but it's not a line from Cypher. It's the line, God damn you, Cypher. Because <laughs> I have substituted this for so many times when something has pissed me off. I will just, like, I've forgotten how many times, like, something has angered me. And. Uh, my brother and I, that would be like our joke response between one another uh, is constantly, God damn you, Cypher. Or, and like anytime he'd say anything that would uh, irk me in some way, like I don't even know what it is about that line. I, it might be Carrie Ann Moss's delivery, but that, and by the way, that's a scene. I like that whole scene where, oh, yeah, where he's like, I don't know. Uh, I feel like the Matrix is more real than, than here. <laughs> like here, I, uh, here I unplug. Yeah, I forget who he unplugs, but um. Well, I unplug Apoc. Oh, to watch him die. die. Yes. Yeah. Here I just unplug him, and there you've got to watch him die. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's such a great scene. Is that is that your favorite scene? It might be. I I like. I really like. I mean, it, I mean, take your pick of cipher scenes. I think the one with the stake is tremendous. I think he's just awesome. Um. I think he's awesome. Like the whole movie, I think he's great. Um, I, you know, I really like. Um, you know, what I really like too is the Oracle. Um, oh yeah, the Oracle scene is like I love it. It's that one, and then Cipher killing everybody. Like those mm-hmm. two scenes are those have always been my favorite, yeah. and I'm glad that they're relatively close together in the movie too. Yes, uh, I think it's a shame. Uh, she, the the actress who played her, Gloria Foster. Uh, played the Oracle, and I think she passed in between the second and third movies. Yeah, yeah, she passed away. But the lady who replaced her was actually one of her friends. Friends, yes, I do know that story. Yeah. Um, and they kind of had to find a way to weirdly fit it in and make it work. But yeah, then they make it like whenever Neo went to the Architect and she did something to protect him. So when it did it, it kind of that's she reprogrammed herself into a new appearance kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, so there's like the big one liners that came out of this movie that kind of got overplayed, like the I know Kung Fu and the there is no spoon from like that Buddha kid. Yeah. Um, you know, like those are the lines that everybody knows. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, but again, another one from Cypher. Why? Oh, why didn't I just take the blue pill? Pilled. I mean, that yep. is a great, that's line. something that people would say, why, you know, 
but even just saying like we're in the matrix i mean instantly someone knows what you're talking about yeah. like you know some kind of deja vu something's off you know and i i really tried to watch the movie when i um when i went through and rewatched this i tried to sort of look at it from a lens of like somebody who's never seen it before and they really do toy with you like there's a lot happening and and especially in the like in the early stages before neo wakes up where you're like wait what the fuck is happening here like what am i seeing (laughs) but like they they give you just enough uh and kind of pile on the rest with like everyday life that you could be like like I, i still don't think people were expecting like neo to wake up in a jelly pod with like a giant flying robot that unplugs him and sends him down a drain. Uh, and then he gets on a ship and they're like, Hey, it's 2,199. Like, I don't think most people were expecting that when they, when they walked in, not knowing what they were going to be watching. Uh, and there is definitely stuff at the beginning, like when the, the police go after Trinity and she kicks all of their asses. Um, she's like running on the walls and shit. Like there's, there's a ton of that where you're like, okay, uh, maybe like she's it wasn't anything so superhuman where well i don't know she does jump in the air and like defies gravity but people could be like ah that's just like a a stylized camera trick or something um i think they left just enough room for doubt where you weren't really sure what was happening until they hit you with it and you're like holy shit that's what this is uh i thought they did a really good job of sort of teasing the audience yeah yeah or even like putting in the bug yeah, and it's like you're not realizing. Oh, it's like an actual like tracker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, like yeah, they do. I was the thing rewatching it was, I was surprised how fast the f- the first act goes. Yeah, um, they get he gets to the real world rather quickly. I mean, it still is thirty minutes. I mean, that's you know what you would expect the first act to be thirty yeah. forty five minutes, but like. Um, I am surprised at how quick the first act goes and how long the second act is and how mm-hmm. short the third act is. You know, usually the second act's not that long. Yeah. Um, but they really do spend a lot of time before, um, I would say the third act starts with once he, you know, gets done visiting the Oracle basically. Yeah. Or I guess they return into the matrix to save Morpheus would be the third act. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's always the thing that kind of surprises me is when I'm watching it is the the length of time that they do spend in the real world. I mean, they do a, they do a good job of laying down the groundwork for world building, and yes, they're throwing exposition at you, but it's not just exposition. Like the only thing that really stuck out as um, exposition, oh, gosh, I can't remember the line, but it was it's something that oh. <laughs> Whenever Trinity explains to Neo what an EMP is. Oh, an electromagnetic <laughs> pulse, yes. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, well. Um, but, you know, now everyone knows what an EMP is, right? I mean, yeah. but back then, uh, you pro- you had to spell it out for an audience because that wasn't something, you know, sure. that we didn't think of as a weapon necessarily. Yeah. Um, I mean, even though you saw it in Small Soldiers, which I believe came out the same year. Yes, um, I do believe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, a movie ahead of its time and unfortunately has been co-opted by too many people. Yes. Uh, but still fun. Uh, one thing I feel really stupid 
that I never paid attention to uh, was the fact that anything Neo does is always in relation to three. Uh, so everything always leads into Trinity. I felt really dumb that I didn't figure that out. <laughs> so, until this go around, yeah. I never really paid attention. Like, oh, room 303. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool with her. Okay, whatever. I get the symbol. But then, like, anything Neo does, it's always in threes or whatever. Threes. And it's and like, oh, three oh, movies. Okay. Oh, and all right. Yep. Wow, I feel dumb. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so some fun casting notes about this movie. Oh, yes. Tons of fun casting. Ridiculous. So for uh, for Neo, uh, apparently Will Smith was the original, like, uh, he was not the Wachowski's first choice, but that's, I guess that's who the studio wanted first was Will Smith, who turned oh, it yeah. down to take on Wild Wild West. Yeah. Uh, and according to Will Smith, he, uh, well, initially it was said that he was skeptical about the film's ambitious bullet time special effects, and then later stated that he didn't think he was mature enough of an actor at that time, and that if he had been given the role, he would have messed it up. Uh, Nicholas- and it's just funny, because his wife's in it. Yeah. Uh, Nick- <laughs> Jada Pinkett. Yeah, Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, Nicholas Cage was also, uh, he turned down the part. Because of quote unquote family obligations, God, could you have imagined? Oh man! Holy shit! Uh, Warner Brothers. My name is Neo. Oh man, dude, it would have been. <laughs> Holy shit! Him and Hugo Weaving's crazy eyes staring. Oh at my each god! Other scenes. <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers also reportedly sought Brad Pitt and Val Kilmer for the role. Well, I know, I know, the part was offered to Leonardo DiCaprio. Really. Uh, and he was going to do it, but I can't, he, I know he turned it down for something, but I can't remember. Uh, the studio did eventually. I think he became too expensive because <sighs> it was, they wanted him because it was the Titanic was coming out. It's going to be the, you know, it was the biggest yep. movie ever kind of thing. And then and it I became so big as price tag. tag. Yep. Yeah. Man, uh, Will Smith has turned down some pretty crazy roles. Yeah. I mean, Django Unchained. I mean, I'm in a, in a way I'm glad, like, I think, he is correct in his assessment of not being mature enough. Yeah. Or the quite the right for yeah. Neo. Um, I'm glad it was also Jamie Foxx and Django Unchained mm-hmm. uh, oh, as well. Tremendous. But, yep. Um, yeah, man, he uh man, he has turned down some pretty big iconic movies. So the uh the Wachowski's first choice was Johnny Depp and uh Reeves actually won the role over Depp and the studio is also pushing for Reeves as well. Um, so Lawrence Fishburne says that he based his performance uh, of uh, Morpheus based on the Neil Gaiman Sandman comics and uh, also supposedly considered for the part where Val Kilmer again, Samuel L. Jackson and Gary Oldman. That would have been interesting. Uh, and by the way, this says here, despite widespread rumors, Sean Connery was uh, offered the role of the architect in the sequels, not that of Morpheus. Oh, my hmm. God. I would have. Oh, my God. If Sean Connery was the architect. We've made seven versions of these before. Vis-a-vis. Yeah. I want to hear Sean Connery say vis-a-vis and concordantly. I'm not saying that shit. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, man. you know what's funny about you talking about aging this movie, man. Here, Val Kilmer's name is casting uh, choices. <laughs> the '90s. I think, I think Val Kilmer could have been a good Neo. Yeah. I think he would have been. I actually think he would have been a really good Morpheus. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm glad it's Lawrence Fishburne, uh, yeah. especially since I'm rewatching Are- Hannibal with Robbie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting a heavy dose of Lawrence Fishburne lately, yeah. and definitely underappreciated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, according to this, Janet Jackson was initially approached for the role of Trinity, but scheduling conflicts prevented her from accepting it. Uh. Wait, who for Trinity? Janet Jackson. Oh. I mean, I love Miss Jackson musically, but I don't know if this would have been good in the movie sense. Yeah, I don't know how she is as an actress. No, me either. Uh, but yeah, those are really interesting. I mean, if if anything, I'm mad we didn't get a Matrix with Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. <laughs> Like, you get Nicolas Cage and Hugo Weaving, and then you get Nick Cage and Sean Connery. Hey, well, we've, we've had Nick Cage and Sean Connery, to be fair. No, that's true. But, I mean, I want that rock <laughs> reunion. That's, yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, then we could have just had Ed Harris be uh, Mr. Smith. <laughs> yes! I mean, I can't imagine anybody being Agent Smith other than Hugo Weaving. But oh, he's so good. He's tremendous in this movie as well. Which I guess could kind of lead us into the next thing. Mm. Who who is like your favorite in the not just role, but like who who do you like the most in the movie? Just like um, like a likability factor. Uh, I guess. I mean, even just I guess you could say the character too. But it's just like whose performance. Like mm. I know I know we've mentioned. Joe quite a few times. Yeah, and Gloria. I, I mean, think Gloria he's Foster good in it, but tremendous. I think it's just his character is also in, incredibly juicy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I it think gets a lot of good Hugo shit. Weaving does a lot with very not, little. With very little. Yeah. I mean, he really only gets the one scene where you know, which I do love, is when he's interrogating him without the earpiece in. Mm-hmm. Um, Talking about how humans like, are the disease. Yes. And he needs to get out of there. Yeah, he can't. You know, again, that's where you kind of see the groundwork for the sequels is the reason why he wants Neo is because he is his his way out of the Matrix. He wants to get into something else. Yeah. He wants to be like in a solitaire program or something. Just get him out of the Matrix. He doesn't want to be a part of that programming anymore. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we mentioned Joe Pantaleon uh, as as cypher and i i also mentioned gloria foster as the oracle but she only really gets that one scene it's a great scene but yeah for me it's hugo weaving as well he's insane in this movie and he continues to be a high point throughout the rest of the movies i think he chews up everything uh i i think he's great and the i mean the sequels have their definitely have their problems but i think they both have really great moments in them too but and I think the second one more than the third one. But uh, yeah, I mean the twins, that whole the highway a mile scene, and a half long yeah. highway. That's all pretty great um, stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot I of mean, good fights in that one. I even well. love the part where Keanu's stuck at the train station. Yeah, and he meets that program and he talks to him about love. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's some so. good stuff in that second movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Hugo Weaving is the most consistent uh, among those three movie yeah he becomes a little maniacal in the third one i think yeah i mean he does a whole laugh and everything in the third one their big final fight i mean it's taking dragon ball yeah (laughs) yeah basically um but yeah i uh i mean yeah to me he's like the palpatine of the 
of like these three movies. Like there's kind of like one character who's sort of consistently pretty good throughout those three movies. Uh, and it's, and it's Emperor Palpatine. I think that's the sort of thing here with, um, agent Smith is, yeah, I think through those, for the most part, he's pretty consistently the best part of those movies. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like to me, it's, it's a one and one a with him and Cypher. And again, he gets the juicier part, but I think Joe does such a good job playing that part. I mean, he's so Weasley, but again, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I kind of get what the guy's like. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a shitty dude for what he did, killing his friends or whatnot, but I like I kinda get it. Dude, oh yeah. Give me the give me the opportunity and oh yeah, no, I'm not gonna go live in the world where machines are hunting my very existence. I will just they can have me, just I will blissfully preferably if like him I could choose. Cause he's just like I I wanna be famous. Like I wanna be rich. I want everybody to know who I am. I want to live the high life. I want to be respectable. An actor. <laughs> yeah, an actor. A respectable. Another great line. Oh, there's so many good. He's so good. Because, you know, again, it goes into, like, he is so vain. Yeah. And he's not, you know, he's thinking it through, but it's just so, it's not, so, like, he's beyond reproach. It's just, I'm done with this. I don't care. Just something that seems easy. Give me some money. Uh, have a simple life where people just love me. Yeah, an actor. How about that? I don't want to be a politician because that can get diced, you know. Yeah, but something like that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I there's 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 so much there's so much to love. But do you think the machines would have held up on their end of the deal? Yeah. See, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. Like, what I mean, they-, they do hold up their end of the deal with Neo at the end of the third one. Yes. I mean, I feel like they would, because it's like, what do they care? Like, they get they get a, another battery put back into the battery pack. Like, you know, what do they care if this guy lives a fancy life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't and, have it, morals. and it really does sort of seem like a random, uh, like a random algorithm, because there's definitely people who are like, you know, there's a FedEx guy who drops off his cell phone to Neo. I'm like, dude, you're in a computer simulation, and that's what you're you're a FedEx guy. Like, damn. Really, when they hit the randomized button on that one, you really, uh, you really well, hit the bottom of the barrel. Oh, well, if we're in a simulation right now, man, I could tell you, I, I wish I got better options. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, hit that randomizer again, please. Um, that's so crazy. I mean, yeah, it has to be, but damn, uh, I don't blame them at all for being like, yeah, make me, make me rich and famous. Um, Okay, so any anything else you wanted to cover? I mean, this is I mean, there's a lot of superlatives. This is a late review for the Matrix. Everybody, I think everybody kind of knows how good this movie is, but um I, I I will say this, I agree with you. I feel like this could very easily have been a one and done. Um like it wraps itself up pretty I mean, like it definitely left room open for more, but it could have totally ended there and probably the legacy of the first movie would be stronger. I think without two and three, I don't think two and three take that much away from it. Like those movies are okay to good in their own right. But, uh, the first, yeah, like the action's fun, but it doesn't, like I said, it's not, the the story feels a little bloated. Yeah. It's all like Jurassic park. Mm -hmm. First one is good. It's got great philosophical questions. Yes. Good characters all throughout. 
awesome scenes that are dialogue heavy. But man, once it becomes more about just dinos killing people, it yeah. loses its steam. Yeah, um, and that's you know again like with the Matrix, it's it what you know. Yes, we all love the some of the lines and we love the action and all that kind of stuff. But the reason why we rewatch it is because those dialogue scenes yeah. and the questions that it asks, you know, hold it all together. Yeah, you know. I mean, there's even some good dry comedic moments in the, like when they go to to bust out Morpheus and they go through the mm-hmm. metal detector. You have any metal on you? Take off any watches. Oh, or, and he opens his coat and there's just guns lined up and down his coat. I mean, I in that scene, that scene too is tremendous. Or how, you ever had tasty wheat? How do you know what, how do machines know what tasty wheat tastes like? Maybe it's wrong. Maybe that's why everything tastes like chicken. chicken yeah. Uh, like, oh yeah. yeah. And you can see where people who are, um, uh, that's an Not excellent mouse impression, could, by the way. Could take that. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And form a, uh, a belief system mm-hmm. <laughs> around this movie. Yes. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, and by the way, the guy who played Mouse was also in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Uh, he's the guy that tries to sell death sticks to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, well, you know, the Switch, I mean, she's Mother Russia and Kick-Ass 2. Holy shit, yeah. I don't even have to look that up. I didn't realize it until I watched this movie. <laughs> I was like, that's her. Wow, she is not as tall as I thought. So everyone in Kick-Ass 2 is very short. Very short. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, Glenn, would you say this is a, a thumbs up recommendation, even though this movie is apparently now off of Netflix thanks to HBO Max? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, look, you... You either own this movie on some kind of format, yeah, um, or you don't. Uh, you know, I don't. I feel like for most people, you've seen this a dozen times. You'll be able to find it even if you don't own it. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to buy it, I think on Prime it's like seven ninety nine. You know, it's going to be on some streaming service. Lord knows, it's on cable every week. Yeah. I mean, I think cable, I think TNT constantly has like matrix marathons. So yeah, you, there, this movie is able to be watched easily. You don't have to go out of your way. Mm-hmm. Albeit there is a YouTube channel that has the entire movie broken down into scenes. So you could theoretically watch all of this movie amongst 31 videos. Um, if you chose to do so. Yes. I mean, you could. Yeah, you could. Um, would you? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to confirm nor deny that's how I may have watched part of this before. I just realized, yeah, I need to just find my Blu-ray copy. Oh, man. We might be... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, that's what I, I just watched it on Blu-ray. Although now I'm questioning. Like, I don't know how long The Matrix has been off of Netflix for. So... Uh, who knows? Now, now I'm like worried. Like, nothing we get is gonna actually be on Netflix, and this thing is just a a long list of movies that have been on Netflix at some point. But well, you know, I'll, 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 I'll let me queue up my Netflix on my phone. So whenever you tell me what the movie is, okay, I'll immediately type it in, and then I'll know. Okay. So, uh, but what would you what would you give the movie as a rating? Uh, today, um. I, you know, I'd probably still sit at like four and a quarter. 
Yeah, me too. Somewhere in there. It has lost some of its luster, but. Yeah, I mean, still really good. It still yeah. really holds up, and I would highly recommend uh, this to anybody if they haven't seen it or if it's, it's been a, a long time. Movie. I mean, yes. it's a cornerstone of pop culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for God, for Christ's sakes, Mr. Anderson or is Mr. Anders bro is in <laughs> bro force. All right. So, you know, yes. something's made it as a cultural icon for action when it's a, when it's a playable character in bro force. Yes. Um, I haven't played bro force in a while. Uh, Okay, so let's let's head over to realgood.com and their Netflix roulette device where I will uh, randomly select hopefully a movie that is actually on Netflix, but you know, we should, Glenn, do you have the your Netflix search queued up? Yeah, I got it. Okay, so I mean, you're going to get like three comedy specials and two documentaries before you get a movie. Yes. Anyway, so um spinning animated children's short (laughs) (laughs) oh all right sir we are not done i hope assuming this is on netflix we are not done with keanu reeves just yet are we watching speed uh no i believe this is keanu reeves uh yes uh if it is on netflix the 2006 drama fantasy romantic film The Lake House. Tell me you've seen this. Oh, I've seen The Lake House, and it's still on Netflix. <laughs> Hell yes, that is what we are doing. The Keanu oh, Sons continues. Oh uh, my gosh! Here and uh, you don't find have it. Have you seen The Lake House? I have seen it. Oh man! You don't yeah, find it sweet and adorable, weird. Glenn. I think it's a sweet film. Well, I, I mean, I could, yeah, we could spoil a little bit, but yeah, it's, I haven't. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I haven't watched it since it came out. Same. So. That's the same. So I, I, I recall it being sweet, but uh, we shall yeah, see. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I remember being sweet and stupid. 35 percent on the tomato meter. Uh, it is tagged under feel good, futuristic, and time travel. Oh no, now I do remember this. Okay, uh, now I really remember. All right, so uh, that's it for the podcast for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. Just search for Cinema Geekly, hit subscribe. And uh, yeah, that way you can come back next time and hear Glenn and I talk about the 2006 drama fantasy time travel romance feel good futuristic movie with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock The Lake House on another podcast from Parts Unknown